0: Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus joins us. And let's let's start with the draft. And I, I, really, the, the biggest news doesn't involve the draft, but it involves a draft prospect right now in Jalen Carter. It Could have, could go number one overall. Bears, if they stay there, might want to take him. Could trade down four. That's a whole other conversation. You're not a legal analyst. Neither are we. Uh, but he was, you know, has been charged with reckless driving and racing in connection with a crash that killed a teammate and recruiting staff members. So does this... If anything, do do teams have a pause? Do they want to get more information? How do you think that this situation will be handled given the current information that we have?
1: Yeah, I very much think this is going to be like an information gathering session at least through the next, you know, three to four weeks until we do get to the probably that like Georgia Pro Day and start to, I would say, understand Carter's involvement in this overall situation. Obviously, you know, the police reports very much indicate that he was present at the scene when things happened and transpired and very much was probably involved in in a way in like the driving and the recklessness and all those sorts of things. So I know like initial reports like the, the NFL very much is probably going to keep this as close to the best and tight lip as possible, but it, it's really hard to not see it at least impact His status I would say with certain teams so I very much think it is going to impact you know the top of the draft specifically I think he was you know uh before you know before today basically you know PFF's second highest graded prospect coming out you know obviously the consensus number one still looks like Bryce Young but the way in which the Chicago Bears kind of handled this situation because it did seem like Jalen Carter was very much the guy that they probably wanted to land here if they did drop down a little bit you know could very much I would say kind of change the calculation for what they do with that number one overall pick.
2: Yeah, that's really interesting because it almost makes them fear losing out on him less, right? It kind of helps the Bears more than anyone else. I'm curious your thoughts on the Colts. What's your gut feeling on whether they stay at four or move up to get a quarterback?
1: Yeah, so I, I think if I was, you know, able to wager on it right now, I would have probably, uh, I would probably lean in the direction of the Carolina Panthers actually giving up more from a compensation standpoint in order to kind of get that first overall pick. Uh, So, um, you know, of course, they don't have, you know, the the fourth overall pick. They are sitting basically down a little bit further. But they do have a number of picks in the first and second round and are helped kind of by that Christian McCaffrey trade. And I think very much with the coaching structure that they've put in place with Frank Reich, like he's not going to be a guy that is going to go down the veteran quarterback option that, you know, very much was the reason why he was a failure, I would say, in Indianapolis. So it seems like if they are kind of locked in and solidified on Bryce Young being that guy, they're gonna probably move mountains I would say to get up and I'm not quite sure the Colts are gonna be willing to give up as much as the Carolina Panthers especially because you know being in the AFC with the Colts you know mortgaging their future for one guy still doesn't answer the question of how they actually arrive as as being legitimate contenders because they kind of have holes all over their roster so I think the Colts maybe try and hold you know steady to where they are and we see the Panthers potentially be in that spot and I do think know the the enticing thing from where the Panthers sit at now is kind of like you mentioned Trista is like now they might not be as concerned with losing out on Jalen Carter if he does slip down a little bit into that ninth overall pick range like he could still very much be an option for the Bears there and get a little bit more draft capital in order to drop down eight or so so that's kind of how I'm projecting it to be but I, I think it's clearly the Panthers and then the Colts I would say as far as my expectation for who actually does get that first overall pick.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit of a unique situation where you have teams you know, near the top of the draft that already have their quarterbacks or the guys they hope, and like the Bears, you hope that Justin Fields is still going to be their franchise quarterback, which gives these opportunities for other organizations to trade up. Uh, Anthony Richardson, his name has been thrown around a lot. Will Levis. Uh, these are two that aren't thrown in the same category as, say, a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young, but there are certain physical traits that teams love in the NFL, and I've heard You know, people talk about Will Levis and his mind, uh, his smarts, his obviously the size, the arm strength, playing behind kind of a weak offensive line in Kentucky. Can he get better at this point? Yes, hands, Trista. We have to always talk about quarterbacks' hand sizes. It's very important. (laughs) If you were to look at Anthony Richardson and Will Levis and these two, who could you see getting drafted, not first overall, but just first? Would it be Will Levis or Anthony Richardson where a team says, this is our guy, even if it maybe takes a year or two for us to develop him, we want to take him now?
1: Yeah, I I think I pretty clearly have Anthony Richardson ahead of Will Levis basically right now in kind of that second tier of quarterback prospects. I just think when you look at it, you watch the tape, you we watch the highlight reels, like there are very much plays where. Anthony Richardson is kind of jumping off the page, right? He very much can not only make, you know, some of these deep shot type throws, but can also break off huge chunk plays in the running game. And I think if you look at a guy, especially on a rookie quarterback contract type situation, you can put pieces in place around him. And it does add an interesting wrinkle to what you can do offensively if you do have a guy that is that good at rushing the football as well. So I do think, you know, we go back to it. And I know PFF's Mike Brenner wrote, wrote a really good piece kind of comparing Anthony Richardson to Josh Allen, and I don't know if that's necessarily a really fair comparison, but I do think in taking Josh Allen's, you know, I, you know, uh, trajectory of where he was at like you can kind of improve some of those accuracy things and some of the footwork and the mechanics that you know anthony richardson very much doesn't have right now if he slots in and fits in and maybe gets a year behind you know a veteran quarterback option he is looking like he could very much be you know the most dynamic playmaker uh coming up in this in in this nfl draft so i think it's richardson ahead of will levis i know kind of like you said he it, Levis has the big arm. is probably going to test pretty well, you know, in, in shorts and the gym shirts when he does get that opportunity. But I, I still think, you know, from his perspective, he he just didn't have enough. Of, I would say the wow type plays that really makes me want to believe that a team is going to fall in love with him potentially move up in order to kind of get him in the first five or first ten picks. I would say.
2: I think the Raiders' Ben are fascinating because obviously they are in need of a quarterback and we've got a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers coming from his darkness retreat and the chatter's getting louder that maybe that's a destination for him. Uh, if, if they end up, how does that like complexion affect their seventh overall pick in your mind?
1: Yeah, I mean, a darkness retreat in the Raiders, I do think that probably just fits too well from a narrative perspective <laughs> to not happen right now. But it, I mean, and I do agree with you. I think if they strike out on Aaron Rodgers, I do very much expect him to probably land in Las Vegas. But if they do strike out on him, like, they, they they very much are not in a position to kind of hit the reset button right now. A lot of guys on their roster, veteran-laden team, you know, a few key contributors, but all of those guys are already on veteran contracts. They haven't really, I would say, hit on any of these draft prospects, especially at the top end of their draft in, in recent seasons. So, the mentality is very much to win, I would say, and win now in Las Vegas. We saw that last year. You know, Derek Carr wasn't actually probably capable of actually getting through the AFC. So outside of, you know, Aaron Rodgers, they don't really have a ton of other options. So I would be, I would say really surprised if they don't end up with a veteran quarterback option. I do think they are by far the most likely team to have that happen and and the relationship and the fitting with Aaron Rodgers, I would say just makes too much sense. But if they strike out on him, uh, I still think they probably go a veteran guy and maybe, um, maybe they select a quarterback with where they're positioned at. But like, kind of like we mentioned previously, like then you're looking at Will Levis and Anthony Richardson and both those guys, I would say, don't really feel like they're going to be able to step in and contribute and contribute at a high level right away. So I would be surprised, I would say, if the Raiders do end up only bringing, I would say, a rookie quarterback into training camp here with that seventh overall pick.
0: Talking to Ben Brown, pro football focus, Bet MGM tonight. Uh, another team that's talked about the potential of a veteran quarterback is, well, it's the 49ers because John Lynch said it the other day, which... You got Brock Purdy coming off a torn UCL, and he hopefully he's going to be ready. looks like he may have surgery, what, next week or this week. And swelling's got to go down. You got Trey Lance, who didn't look great when he was out there as a starter, then gets hurt. So I understand there's certainly a lot of questions when it's youth and inexperience and all these things. When they say veteran quarterback, that can be viewed as a lot of things, right? A veteran backup, uh, Carson Wentz. I'm in Washington. I, I'm a fan of that team. Trust me, they don't want him, but I'm just saying that's a name you think of. Or if I were to put my tinfoil hat on, there is a guy named Tom Brady that's out there, Ben. I'm just I'm just saying he's left the door open just a little bit. What do you think the 49ers do at quarterback?
1: Yeah, I think it's either a guy like Nick Mullins, basically kind of like you said like the real backup backup option, the guy like they traded away last last year as well. It does kind of fit that scheme, but that seems like that's going to More so the direction that they're going from a veteran quarterback option. But I'm still, you know, I'm kind of like you a little bit. I am, you know, maybe a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, but I, I just can't see Tom Brady completely hanging it up After kind of what he did last offseason and then the performance that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had, I I have a really hard time seeing that actually sit well with them that that's kind of his last season. So I do think the 49ers, if it does happen, are are probably the only logical destination for him. And I do think that, you know, it it kicks the can down the road It allows them maybe to not necessarily have to make that decision on where they go with Brock Purdy or Trey Lance until, you know, the 2024 season at that point.
2: What's your read or your, your thoughts on Hendon Hooker? Because obviously there was a lot of steam on him before he got injured he's trended down ever since uh some mocks have him going in the fourth round is that only a product of his injury is it a product of his age is there validity these these trending downward sort of i I guess uh chatter what are your thoughts overall
1: yeah so i would i would peg him probably to land in the third round and i think you know if he didn't have the injury situation he probably could have crept up into the second round but the thing that's always going to hold him back is is the age kind of like you mentioned right 25 already really old from you know a quarterback's perspective even an NFL draft prospect's perspective we have seen a couple of those guys you know get drafted highly in in, in years way prior but none of those situations actually played out all that well so I think there's always a little bit of the red flag mentality especially because you know he, he maybe wasn't necessarily a guy that I would say developed really quickly and only really has you know the the prior two seasons I would say where he was a really good quarterback I think he was like 15th from PFF's grading perspective last year so unfortunately I think you know some of like the arm strength things and everything else just aren't there and the fact that he is not really capable of testing or you know validating whether those concerns are justified or not is very much the reason why we're going to probably see him slip into the third or even fourth round I would say right now
0: well you know the Seahawks are in an interesting situation because they overachieved this season and Geno Smith played out of his mind. Look, I mean, you were like, wait a second. This is the Geno Smith that the Jets were hoping they would get when they drafted him. Yet they still have the number five overall pick because the Broncos were absolutely a dumpster fire. Do you see them going quarterback and maybe sitting that guy for a year and giving Geno Smith another run, run maybe a year or two? What do you think that their situation would be given really the unique, the unique spot that they've got?
1: Yeah, definitely. It is interesting. I actually wrote an article for PFF yesterday that's going to be out tomorrow, but I think they are really sneaky. And if you look at it, like, they absolutely hit on their draft class yet last year. I think from PFF's perspective, they had the third highest war generated among rookie players in 2022, and they have a lot of guys at key positions both tackle positions seems like it's definitely i would say set up for success for the long term with guys on their rookie deal have some spots in the secondary treacle and very much looks like a you know the, the best find i would say coming out of the 2022 draft so i think that they're kind of set up for success in the one place you know maybe outside of a secondary receiver position if you do think tyler lockett is getting old is the quarterback position and i think They are set up really well to get Geno Smith probably on a little bit of a team-friendly deal. It seems like he's not necessarily, you know, trying to break the bank with them on this particular contract. But it it seems like, you know, the ideal landing spot, I would say, for Anthony Richardson. I know, you know, a top five pick is really high for him. And they do have the 20th overall selection as well. But it doesn't seem like he's going to be around at that point. But He could be kind of the difference for them because I think they do kind of have the pieces in place, and they very much have you know the young roster that could grow into you know being a potential almost Super Bowl contender coming out of the NFC if they do hit on that guy at the quarterback position. So I think it's probably my dream spot for Anthony Richardson. I would have said. Even a few weeks ago, you know, him going top five was, you know, simply unrealistic and probably was a much better option at 20, but the steam with which he has, you know, gotten, uh, you know, I I very much wouldn't be surprised if the Seahawks go that direction with fifth overall and and then still have, you know, uh, you know, two picks in each of the first two rounds to kind of address a few other situations especially in their secondary but they have to look around at the NFC right now and they have to look around you know even at the NFC West and think you know they very much were on the doorstep last year but could even be you know a a better better or an improved team I would say in 2023 so I like the quarterback option for them even if he doesn't play you know a single snap I still think having Richardson in the building and potentially developing him is very much setting up the Seahawks for I would say really lasting long-term success in the NFC
2: Ben, got a little less than a minute here. I'm curious your thoughts on Jackson Smith-Najigua because his stock is kind of all over the board. Where do you think he lands? Because I'm seeing as high as fourth all the way down into the mid-20s.
1: Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a little bit more of a slip. I know we've seen the, the prior wide receiver injury guys kind of rise up, but Jackson Smith doesn't really fit that, you know, burner-type mentality, very much a you know prolific route runner, really sharp in his cuts and those sorts of things. So I don't really see a meteoric rise for him, but I think, you know, bottom half of the first round is very much where he's going to be. Probably, I would say, you know, the second wide receiver off the board when it's all said and done. He's
0: Ben Brown, Pro Good Football stuff. Focus at PFF underscore Ben Brown on Twitter. Give him a follow. You will learn. You will get smarter. Appreciate the time no, I as just always. Did. You did. I
2: did.